0: Welcome to Jep in Motion. I always, I always have the urge to stretch out that beginning part longer and longer and longer just to test my audience to see how long they'll listen to me fart around in my car before I start the episode. But I always hit like 30 to 45 seconds and then panic mode initiates, and I was like, ah, I gotta talk, I gotta, I gotta speak. Microphone is recording, I gotta, I gotta talk. And seeing as how I don't edit this, um, I know that people are going to be sitting through it. But hell, I mean, some podcasts have like five to ten minutes of ads at the top, so you just have to deal with 30 seconds of me getting buckled in and starting my car up and what have you. Oh... I hope you all had a pleasant Labor Day weekend, uh, those of you in the States, anyway. Um, I found out, via speaking to our Australian correspondent, Liam, that, uh, Labor Day is in October for them. So, in October, Liam will be able to celebrate labor, or mourn labor, recognize labor, labor labor dabber or um it was pretty apparent in friday's episode that i was going to reach this conclusion but i have concluded that losing 40 pounds is enough to consider myself successful to have the stopping the diet now is not quitting it is like i don't have to lose 55 pounds to be a success 40 is plenty um i'm at a healthy weight right now um and now my goal has shifted from losing weight to maintaining weight um it's added like an additional 500 cal well it added a, the application, the Lose It application that I use, which I highly recommend, um, because it's free, and as the free apps go, it's probably the best. Uh, I can't speak on the paid uh, weight loss, weight, uh, dieting, whatever, what have you apps, but as far as free apps go, Lose It's the best, in my opinion, that I've tried. But when I said that I wanted to maintain a weight of 165 pounds, um, it put my, it increased my calorie budget by 1,000. And I was like, there's no way. Like, if I eat 2,500 calories every day, I'm going to gain. Like, I'm going to gain weight, and I don't want to gain weight. So I uh, took it down to solid 2,000 calories. Boom. So, you know, your textbook amount of calories, 2,000. And granted, I don't plan on hitting 2,000 every day. I came close to it most of the non-cheat days this weekend. But that's another thing, Um, I plan on being a lot looser, like basically just loosening up the strictness of the diet during this, uh, like now that I'm no longer, quote, on diet. You know, allow myself to have fruit. Allow myself to put honey in my tea. Allow myself... Um... A little, like... A little break here and there. Like, someone brings in a piece of cake... Or someone brings in cake at work. Let myself have a small slice of cake. Because it's not an everyday thing. And then... But maintain the... Six healthy days... One cheat day a week mentality. Because... That it works for me. And also, it's just like, if you feel like snacking, you can be like, nah, man, just remember what it is you want, and you can have six of them on Saturday. Like, I'm enjoying that very much. Just the ability to have one day where I don't even need to fucking conceptualize calories or what I'm putting in my body. Just, if I want to eat it, I do. Which is great, and uh, I'll see how loose I am with what I eat on non-cheap days. Um, I feel some days will be looser than others. I, but if I start gaining again, like a significant amount, because my weight's going to fluctuate more than it used to now that I'm not as regulated on my diet. But if I start basically. 165 is gonna be my my neutral. I want to float around 165 if I drop down lower great um, but if I but once when I'm above 165 that's gonna start sending up red flags and if I hit 170 it's gonna be like all right shit's got to get back in order and I'll probably restrict my diet significantly for a few days after that you know, super interesting stuff for all of you listening. I want to do, as I mentioned on Friday, I want to do an episode about sex. um, But I'm also doing my stand-up set this Saturday uh, has a lot of concurrent topics. um, So I don't want to step on myself because a lot of people who go to the open mics also listen to this podcast, so not unlike last time I did Mike Snow, Mike Open Mike probably the Monday after, I'll talk on the same subject, so I'll probably talk sex. Also excuse me, putting it off uh, a couple days won't be that bad because it will probably be one of those air quotes, love letter to my wife episodes again And um, I still have to iron out in my head exactly what I want to talk about and because an episode about sex is going, while not filtering stuff that I don't care if you guys know, um, I have to be very careful to filter out things that people who aren't me wouldn't want shared. So that's going to be probably one of my most guarded episodes. And, uh, hmm, there's a moth in my car and it almost flew in my eye. Awesome. Yeah. So that'll be uh, an exercise in willpower, that episode, to not just. Yeah, anyway. So I'm looking at my list here, and there's a lot of half ideas written down. I don't think I'm ready for another government episode. I can do two birds with one stone. I think I'm going to talk about my time spent working at the movie theater. Now, where to begin? And this will also uh, tie into just the small note of people older than me acting younger than me. Because that is a pet peeve. It deeply confuses and frustrates me when someone older than me, and I don't mean my like a year or two, I mean by like ten, a factor of ten, years older than me, acting in a way that I perceive someone younger than me would act. That always just, it, it makes me furiously confused. Just like, but why you Are like this it's very um, frustrating and I don't like it I don't like it Um, one of the first and like one of my first times experiencing it was when I went out in the real world air quotes and got a job at Dunkin Donuts Um, which I want to talk about the movie theater not Dunkin Donuts but this is like there are so many things That you learn about the world the first time you go out and live in it. When you experience the world outside of high school. Um, God damn, you do a lot of growing up real fast. When you learn how many fucking dumb people are out there. And how many fucking mean people are out there. And, like, the, the people who worked in the back room of Dunkin' Donuts, the bakers... Um, had their radio privileges taken away from them because two of the bakers were getting into screaming fights over what radio station to play. And two grown-ass adults were unable to reach a compromise. One, like, neither, like, honestly, if it were me, whether I liked the music or not, I'd be like, what the fuck ever play what you want, I don't care, I don't care enough to fight over the radio, but no, these two were not backing down, and they were incapable of being like, alright, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we do your station, Thursday, no, they were incapable of that, one of them had to have control of the radio every single day, or else, and, um, childish, childish completely childish. Also, there was the fact that uh, when donuts would get hit hard and I would walk back and be like, hey, we're nearly out of blank donut, we need more, that the reaction I generally would receive would be like, ugh! Ugh! Fine! Gah! And I couldn't, and like, this is, I am... 16 at best and I'm just like Jesus Christ guys this is literally your job. Your job is donut maker like if I come back and say hey I need you to make these donuts make the fucking donuts without giving me any lip Um, Jesus Christ that's what you're here to do. That is what pays your bills, that is what puts your kids through school, that is what gives you health insurance, your job is donut maker. If you don't like it, get a different job. Quit it. Like, don't be a child. And, um, like, and that's something I've always had, and I don't know if it's a work ethic thing or what, but whether or not I like my job, I am fully aware of what my job is, and I try to do my best not to piss and moan about it at it. Or even if I do... Because, I mean, granted, if a client's being a pain in the ass at my current job, I'll vocalize it, but that does not make me work any less hard. It does not make me procrastinate the work. Um... I do my fucking job. Yes, I might grumble, but I try not to do anything out of, uh, out of line. I only grumble when a class being particularly moronic. But this was, uh... Getting out into the real world, realizing how childish adults were, is, uh, depressing and demoralizing, but it's just a fact that, uh, people don't grow up, ever. There are some people that do not ever, ever grow up, and that is just something we have to deal with. We have to accept that. But the movie theater. After, uh, actually, Dunkin' Donuts played a key role in my getting a job at the movie theater. And um, the movie theater—I it, mean, it's a minimum wage job. It's a minimum wage job. It's got cruddy hours. Uh, you don't get paid much, but it's a fun job. Like you're working at a movie theater. It's a blast. And the people there, the management, and the other workers tended to be pretty awesome. Um, I'll touch on some of the uh, cliques that the uh, employees fell into later. but So, like, it was a place that despite paying you probably less than you would get at Wendy's or McDonald's or what have you, they they'd never had a shortage of applications. So... You always had a lot of competition to get a job there. And it's a lot of people's first jobs. So it's tough to, for the hiring people, to get a good gauge on who to hire. You know, like. So I had gone to school with a couple of the managers and a lot of the employees. And I was in to visit semi frequently because I was friendly with a lot of them. And um, I'd often bring in a dozen donuts because I was the motherfucking donut man and I could get a free dozen donuts like it was nothing. So I'd just swing in after work, drop off a dozen donuts, give some high fives, schmooze, ask if there's any like openings yet because I wanted to work there. My friends worked there. And it was... Six months to a year of schmoozing and asking, hey, you got a job, hey, you got a job. Until I finally got a job. And I mean, my interview was by two guys that I had band with in high school, so they knew me. And uh, they attempted to keep the interview professional, For a solid two, three minutes. Um, But it was really just us going up into the office of the movie theater. Which meant I got to walk past all the uh, film projectors. Which was pretty awesome. Because yes, back in my day. When I worked at the movie theater. Projectors had film. Not these fancy schmancy digital 3D projectors you you kids got nowadays. And there was actually a person who was responsible for threading said film and running said projectors and they were called a projectionist but anyway so I walk past all the projectors we go have the interview and we end up just basically shooting the breeze for 10 minutes and then coming back down and um, I start working a week or so after that and it's it's a goddamned blast. That job now granted I more often than not, for the majority of my time spent at the movie theater, I worked as an usher, which the usher is the guy who tears your ticket, the guy who cleans the theaters, and the guy who kicks you out if you're being a shithead. The other job was, concession, which I I worked concession, um, and I mean, granted, having done for, I can never remember how many years I actually worked at Dunkin' Donuts, my memory always says seven, but it could easily have been anywhere between five and seven, but in the time I spent at Dunkin' Donuts, I did far more complicated work than anything there was at the concession stand. But I also, like, I was very matter-of-fact. I'd give people what they wanted. I didn't tend to upsell. I didn't tend to work it. I tended to very be very utilitarian, just like, get, you know, boom, get these people out the door. We gotta get this done. And uh, often there were people who did not, who were hired on specifically as concession Granted, It tended to be pretty girls um, that I, I can't... I can't there's, there's a lot of things that I'm going to say about the way the management worked in this episode that I don't know for a fact, but I can take an educated guess that management put pretty girls in concession. That seemed to be the way it worked. And... And then there'd be people who would refuse to do concession they either sold tickets up the front or were ushers. Um, I genuinely was like, hey, put me where you need me. And more often than not, they needed me as an usher. And usher... Holy hell, guys. Like, that job... did more for my self-confidence than I think I really could have anticipated. Because... if you... I don't know how many teenage, younger audience members I have. And if I do, what the hell are you listen to this podcast that's explicit? You're not 18 yet. Um, you you no know good so-and-so downloading explicit podcasts before your time. There is no better job, minimum wage job, than a movie theater usher because you're getting paid to be a gatekeeper. You are in the, one of the only minimum wage jobs where the customer in fact is not always right, is frequently wrong, and it is your job to correct them. Once you get like once you get a good rep with your employers, with your managers, um you, you can get people kicked out of movies just on a whim. And granted, you should never abuse your power because that's just a dick move. But say someone is being a, a right asshole to you, you've got every right and ability to buzz your manager and be like, hey, this guy needs to be kicked out now. And they'll do it. Whether or not they were technically breaking any rules... Um, one of the rules was to be respective to the staff and if they weren't giving you respect you could tell them to get the fuck out now granted I never used that um, but I did have I had that uh, I'll tell you the Batman story in a little bit but that, that kind of concept came to my advantage greatly in one altercation I had with a, a customer but I, I was being paid minimum wage to yell at people. Like, my job was to be like, Hey, put your cell phone away. Hey, what are you doing? Chill the fuck out. Don't throw popcorn. And um, granted, it was it was something that didn't happen every shift. Um, if you worked a full week, maybe you had to reprimand somebody once. It wasn't something... It happened... didn't happen a lot but it happened frequently enough to be part of the job. A lot more often, it was... Uh, and, I mean, I will have... I will more than likely have a movie theater part two episode, just like I'll have a Dunkin' Donuts part two episode. And, uh... Because there's no way I'm going to fucking hit all the, all the things that I could about that place in one 45-minute stretch. But one of the uh, one like between Dunkin' Donuts and the movie theater and Best Buy, but I'll get to that some other day. Um, you quickly learn that the worst, the motherfucking worst people you're gonna run into on a daily basis are old people. Old people fucking suck, and um, I know I shit on old people a whole lot in the Dunkin' Donuts episode, but buckle the fuck in, because old people sucked at the movie theater, too. Um, and it's, again, this weird sense of entitlement that old people have that simply, because they are old, they should get things. And, probably the best example and as it's also worth noting that as I went to the movie theater was also the time that I started like discovering and getting into tattoos and piercings so um I increasingly was becoming more and more pierced as I worked there and you know it's funny because the people who talked to me about it the people who would mention it actually didn't seem to mind at all. I actually... See, that's the thing. With a lot of these jobs, my least favorite customers and most favorite customers were both old people. In both Dunkin' Donuts and the movie theater. Some of my absolutely favorite of all time customers, people I would hug if I saw them on the street, were old people. But some of the fucking motherfuckers motherfucking worst were also old people. So I don't know what it is about age that just distills your personality into a fine liqueur to you're either a golden person, a just scion of good vibes and just good, just good energy or a fucking negative just Wraith of a human being, just a, a a nega person. Um, I don't know what it is about age that just fucking distills your personality to a point, but I think that's it. Old people are raw people; they're distilled, refined people, and if they're awful people, they're really motherfucking awful. But the old people that would talk to me about my piercings either enjoyed, air quotes, joking about it, like, oh, stay away from magnets, or, oh, you fall into a tackle box, and it's, granted, it's not funny the first time, the 23rd time that month, it's, it, you barely, if I was having a bad day, I mean, I was never rude purposefully to a customer, but I would just, you get basically like a, huh. And just a, a guttural, ugh, noise, recognizing that I heard them, and what they said was supposed to make me laugh, but I don't got time for that. And the other people, like, I had a few old, old women that, oh, did that hurt? Like, I am never, ever bothered by the, the inquisitive response to piercings and tattoos. If someone is curious, that's great. That means they're seeking knowledge. They're looking to educate themselves on a topic they don't understand. Um, that's fucking great. I'm never going to punish someone for that. Um, you like If someone can ask me all the questions they want about my piercings, that's never going to bother me. Um, there may be days where I'm more in the mood for it than others. Um, like I have had... 20, 30 minute conversations with complete strangers just standing in a hallway because they asked me about my piercings I I will gladly do it other days I'll kind of wrap the conversation up in 5 and be out but it's, you know I'm never going to be like a fuck off kind of thing it's never, no you're never going to get that from me but it's funny, because it was always a concern from the higher higher-ups, like the owners of the theaters, that my piercings would bother people. But the, the thing was, there, I could tell there were a few people that my piercings bothered, but they never said anything. They, you, I would always tell, and it's always an old person always an old person, but I'd tear the tickets, I'd be like, yeah, this is the third theater on your left, enjoy your film, and I'd look back, and I would just see a gargoyle of a face, just a stony, just kind of neutrally furious at everything, kind of old person face, just a, hmm, hmm. Imagine Walter from that racist puppet comedian, that, that face looking back at me giving me the hairy eyeball and then they just walk away and um, this leads to a really important factor of the job that is Usher Um, I think yeah I'll break it down into this taking tickets cleaning theaters being uh, policing the theaters Um, taking tickets job was tear the ticket tell the person where they're going Try and do it with a smile. It's monotonous. It, um, There's paper cuts risk involved. Uh, it's, It was the job that you pawned off on the new guy. Um, because you stood in one spot for like eight solid hours. And you dealt with everyone. And like on a fucking hot day, all the tickets would be like damp from sweat. Because they've been sitting in people's pockets. And, like, if they're in their pockets, it's either, like, junk sweat or butt sweat. It's never, like, forehead sweat or something. Like, not that there's a, a good sweat when it's coming from some stranger's body. But uh, groin and butt is probably the worst of the options. So just remember that if you're ever handed a damp dollar bill, it's because their butt was sweating so much that it got their wallet wet. Just remember that. Um. So, you're taking it, and you'd be like, third theater on the left, enjoy your show. Fourth theater on the right, enjoy your show. Bada da da ba-da-da, ba-da-da. And I can honestly say that maybe one out of five people listened. People, I would be like, tear the ticket. Theater number three, third on the left, enjoy your show. They'd take five steps, stop, be like, where is it? And I just... And they. it was never like, what did you say, where is it? I w- or here's a better example. People would be like, where am I going? Angry at me. And I had literally, the last words out of my mouth were telling them where they were going. And I'd be like, they a on your right, enjoy your show, or left, or whatever I just said. You know, be polite, but there were times when it's like, Motherfucker, I told you. So if they were ever... What theater is it? I mean, granted, if someone politely asked me, I'd still be like, dipshit, I told you, but I was gonna... I'll be polite back. But if someone ever came at me like, What theater am I going to? I would be like... I would tell them the number, like... Theater number three—it's the biggest number on your ticket because literally a twenty percent, twenty percent of the real estate of the ticket—it was the number of the theater they were going to, and they'd be like, "Okay, Bleh. oh man, people, fucking a." And um, another part of tearing tickets was keeping people from going back early, because you also had to keep, like, you had to pay attention to when theaters would let out, so the other ushers can go in and clean it before you send people in, because you need the theater empty to clean it properly. It's just, you don't want to be cleaning around people, you don't want, like, you just you need to be able to walk every aisle, you don't want people in the theater while you're cleaning it. That is just that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Don't let people in your theater while you're cleaning it. So, the you are the gatekeeper. You determine when people are allowed to go into their movie um, as the ticket taker. So, you're often setting up lines. You're often just, you know, just chill out, wait for the theater to be clean. You want your theater to be clean, right? Then chill the fuck out. And, um, it's, all, it's a rookie mistake to send people down too early while people are cleaning. And, like, you make the mistake once or twice, no big deal. But if you make a habit of it, you could get written up. Just because that's not the way it works. You've got, like, the ushers have to finish cleaning. They walk you down, like, hey, Theater 11 is ready to, to let in. Bada boom. Then you can let people down. And, um... Now, this was an issue that I think has since been solved, but there were benches in the hallway. And people were... And granted, I'm not sure why there were benches in the hallway, but there were. And people were motherfucking determined to go sit on those benches so they could get the first pick of seats after the theater was open. And people were goddamned determined to get down there early. And every single fucking time you let someone go sit on a bench, they went in before the ushers finished cleaning. Every single time. I worked at the theater close to two years, I believe. Maybe three Every single fucking time I let someone sit down on a bench, they went into their theater too early. Sometimes, even before the la- the last show was let out, they would walk in for the end of credits. Motherfucker, you promised me you'd keep your motherfucking ass on that goddamn bench. God damn it! Don't trust anyone. That's another thing I've learned. When you get out into the real world, don't trust anyone further than you can throw them. Ever until obviously you get to know them yada 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 but don't trust strangers at all cause they're fucking liars and they're only out for their own good and um, people would have the nerve to go into the, to the movies that I told them not to go into until the ushers were done cleaning and then come back out mad at me I'd be like, I told you not to go in. And they'd often be like, I don't know if they were actually saying words because they were fucking idiots. Not worth my time. If they weren't going to listen to me when I gave them explicit instructions on how to have the most positive experience they could. But the biggest culprits of trying to go down and sit on those fucking benches which they have since removed from the hallways, so it's not even a thing anymore, We're old people. They'd be like, well, there's no benches free in the lobby, and I have trouble standing for long periods of time, and it's a solid argument. It's a solid argument, and it's really like it's, there was a period of time where it was up to you whether you let them go sit on the bench or not. And eventually, so many motherfuckers would go into their movies early that the management made it, no, they're not allowed to go sit on the benches, which made me not the bad guy. Because when it was my decision, and, like, I always erred on the side, like, every single person I said, you, you're not allowed to go down until your, your theater is open. And then if they pressed the issue sometimes I would let them sit on a bench or if it was one of those golden old people that I knew would actually respect the instructions I gave them as an employee to this building they're in I would let let them down but when it became against the rules to let them down that made my job infinitely easier because it took the weight off of my shoulders. I'd just be like, alright, peace out. Uh, no. You are not allowed to go sit on that bench. But I used to do it before. I'd be like, well, new rules. New, new... The management said they unle- there were too many people. And, like, it was great because I got to guilt trip them, too. I'd be like, well too many people were going into the theaters before the theaters were ready so now management said that we're not allowed to let people go sit on that bench before the theater like I could tell people to their face things that they had done in the past was they were receiving punishment for that that's a great fucking feeling for a minimum wage job like the clerk at Wendy's doesn't get to tell people doesn't get to guilt trip people it was fucking great uh, another one, oh. one of my favorite things at all to do is to guilt trip people by playing dumb. And uh, the prime example here is it was a rare occasion that I had to answer a phone, but as I worked li- as I began to work there longer, I was working weeknights, which was much slower. Uh, I'm never, an usher is never answering a phone on a weekday, or a weekend, that's never happening, it's too busy. But on a weekday, when nothing's going on, I might be answering the phone. And here is a phenomenon, we have a recording that you listen to, to get your movie times. Uh, if you live in the motherfucking stone age, there's also numerous places online to find the movie times. And granted, it was CinemaCenter.com was the place to go for the real movie times. Often, um, Google or Flickster or what have you would get it wrong. Uh, so that was frustrating. People would come in like 15, and it was always like fifteen minutes off or some weird shit like that. They'd come in like fifteen minutes late for a movie, and they'd be, like, "But the internet said." And we'd be like, "Did you go to CinemaCenter.com?" Or did you rely on an external source? And they'd be like, "Well, well, I thought I went there," and it'd just be like, "I'm sorry, but too fucking bad." But anyway, I digress. Pe- there would uh, there, uh, words are hard. Um, people. Would call and they would just hit zero rather than listen to the recording and ask, Hey, when's, and it would always be, I'd be like, Cinema Center of Sealands Grove, and they would be like, When's Water Horse playing? It was never, someone who didn't have the common fucking decency to listen to the recording or to get online was never a nice person. Never. Never fucking once did someone hit zero to ask about a movie time and were they a nice person in my experience. So what I tended to do, which was great, I received no end of satisfaction to this and I would honestly sit and answer the phones at the theater right this very day simply to do this to people. But people are like broom, broom. It's in the center of Centerfield's Grove. <laughs> When's Road Dogs playing? And I would be like, Oh, um, oh, there's actually there's supposed to be a uh, a recording that tells you that tells you when the movie times are are playing. Did that not play? Did that that not not play? And just put on my most genuine, fake concern I could. And they'd be like, whoa. Yeah, played, but I, I just hit zero. I'd be like, oh, oh, okay, good. Good. Good, because, you know, that recording is there. For people to find out the movie times... Uh, I wouldn't... I, w- I would have to report it to my management right away if that if that wasn't playing. Oh, I was worried. I was worried that the recording we put there for your convenience to, ha- to tell you when movie times play that that wasn't there. I was so worried. And then depending on how busy it was, I would tell them the time or I would give them the information they requested or I'd be like... Well, thank goodness that time that the recording is there, we are very busy right now, so you can call back and listen to it. Like, it was only once or twice that I was justified in doing that, but uh, I took a lot of pleasure in telling people to call the fuck back and listen to the recording we put there for them. Well, shit, I barely touched on the movie theater, and I'm at work already, so I think on Friday we'll do movie theater part two. I'll talk about um, cleaning theaters and kicking people out of theaters and being a projectionist. Um, so, yeah, awesome. I've got a topic for Friday. Cool fucking beans. Um, enjoy your week. This has been Jeff in Motion.